suing your state for a cannabis license. We all like to think that after working so, so very hard that we deserve to win a cannabis license, but in competitive states, most people don't win. That's when the lawsuits start flying. We will talk all about it on today's episode of... Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom. You can always find me by going to my website, canvasindustrylawyer.com, where I post content just like this so you can find out everything you want to know about the legal cannabis industry, including this brutal way to get into it. Here's something you may already know. Not all the states allow just anyone who wants to get a cannabis license to get one. States like Illinois, Missouri, Maryland, they adopted a competitive licensing scheme whereby applicants are scored by so-called experts. Watch until the end and I'll tell you a way that may put an end to most of these lawsuits, which does me no favors as a litigator for cannabis, but that doesn't matter for Illinois or maybe your state. Even if your team is strong and earned a cannabis license, Illinois only allocated 40 craft growers and 40 infuser licenses. Also, Illinois will only award 75 adult use dispensary licenses, but it received applications from over 700 teams and they submitted over 4,000 unique applications. So the odds are very long. The state recently awarded KPMG, one of the big four accounting firms, the contract to score the recent round of dispensary applications. The contract provides for a mysterious grading consulting project of $2 million. Another interesting note in the state's contract with KPMG is that it estimates another 500000 in legal consulting at a bulk rate of only $200 an hour. In layman's terms, the state seems poised to hand off hundreds of hours of the review work to contract or project attorneys. If you don't already know, then smash some likes and subscribe to learn more about the cannabis laws. But contract attorney work essentially involves cramming a bunch of inexperienced lawyers into a room. These lawyers are on a contract and that's why they're called contract attorneys and they are paid way too little and they grind away at monotonous work like contract review. Now this results in a product that few people like, not even the people doing it like the product. This is who appears to be picking which team wins an Illinois cannabis dispensary license, which sucks big times when you consider the math of this matter. The simple math dictates that most of the applicants will lose. 4,000 applications for only 75 dispensary licenses equates to a 98.125% failure rate. However, optimism springs eternal in the green rush of the cannabis market. If the odds were not long enough, the scoring process set up by the state makes it even more likely that some applicants will lose simply due to human error. For good reason, your team may want to sue the state or municipality to get the cannabis business license they believe they've earned. For Illinois, the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act allows applicants to sue under the state's administrative law stating that all final administrative decisions to the department hereunder shall be subject to judicial review under the provisions of the administrative review law. So the department is either going to be the Department of Agriculture or the Department of Financial and Professional Regulation. The law provides that proceeding for judicial review take place in the county for which the party applying for review resides or Sangamon County, which is where Springfield, the capital of Illinois is. Now that would be for an out-of-state party. Speaking of our out-of-state viewers, 
check your team state's relevant authority for its specific rights. You need to comply with those requirements to pursue your rights. Back to Illinois, the administrative review law has a few noteworthy provisions to do that. It requires that the party seeking review must file a complaint and issue summons within 35 days of the administrative decision in question. The plaintiff, your team in this instance, can essentially require the Department of Agriculture or the IDFPR to provide the full record of the review process under Section 3-108A. However, no new or additional evidence in support or in opposition to any findings, order, or determination by the administrative body shall be heard by the court. Remember when I'm always telling you that you want the most complete application? If the application is the record itself, it was a good thing that it was over a thousand pages. Now that same section in the law provides, the findings and conclusions of the administrative agency of questions of fact shall be held to be prima facie true and correct. Basically, the state is assuming that the reviewers from KPFG or the big four accounting company did their job correctly. Now it can get tricky from here, which is par for the course in contested complex litigation. Cannabis applicants often have concrete criteria with a seemingly comprehensive point system. However, applicants are scored based not only on their compliance with the law, but also their potential ability as a business. For example, if the state determines that an applicant's pro forma and capital amounts are good, but not great, is that a determination of law or fact? These applications seem more like the classic mixed question of law and fact, which is something that will confuse non-litigators. Most applicants are not litigators. Moreover, the purported objective scoring is actually based on very subjective human decisions. Further complicating the matter is a time frame for releasing the scores that is built into the statute itself, which could only be changed by an executive order. This has already happened in Illinois, when on March 12th, Governor J.B. Pritzker issued an executive order related to the coronavirus that extended the application deadline by weeks, and additional delays happened after that one expired. They have happened before in other states without a global pandemic to deal with. After reviewing other states as our guide, we have a good idea of what comes next as cannabis litigation ramps up. The state of Florida has taken up the practice of simply settling with litigants in exchange for grant of a license. Florida is also going through a separate legal battle because the state requires cannabis companies to be vertically integrated, which has the effect of creating massive barriers to entry. Missouri is also facing a severe backlash after its last round of applicants were awarded. There is a huge number of lawsuits. It's in the hundreds pending, and many of the hundreds of applicants failed to qualify for one of the state's 60 cultivation licenses. More troubling in Missouri is that the winners seem to often be politically connected individuals. In preparing our applications, we witnessed firsthand how much of a difference local governments can make in supporting or opposing your team. You may have heard me say it before, and if you subscribe, you'll hear me say it again, all cannabis is local. We can't say for sure how cannabis litigation will go in Illinois, but if Florida and Missouri are any indication, it's about to be a very big legal business and it's here to stay. Now, thanks for watching until the end. Let's imagine a way that some states may be able to avoid for incorrectly scoring applications for their highest score. Avoiding this could result in many, many fewer lawsuits being filed against the state. Let's take, for example, Arizona, 
which its proposed cannabis laws call for a certain requirements to be met by an applicant that acts as a threshold to be eligible to play a lottery for a license. Illinois calls for a lottery if there is a tie amongst the highest scoring applicants. A truly random lottery is just harder to argue with that you are wronged, unless of course it's rigged. But certainly nothing could be rigged in the cannabis industry or any industry, right?